What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy. And I am Gia Casey. And this is another edition of the Casey Crew. Now, um, as we start every week, and I want to just say thank you to everybody that rocks out with us, that rides out with us, that listens to the podcast each and every week. We are so grateful. Um, you can continue to leave us comments on Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, iTunes, whatever you want to. We definitely read those comments. I know it's hard to get back to everybody, but we definitely try and we definitely read everybody's comments. And you can always email us with questions or comments. The Casey crew at gmail.com. That's T H E E. CaseyCrew at gmail.com. And also, thanks to everybody that purchased mugs, wine glasses, socks, uh, <laughs> hats, uh, dad hats, uh, even uh, the damn gear shirts. Oh, where you could yeah. customize your own shirt if that you want. That was such a cute idea of yours. One day he shows up home with it on talking about let's go on a date. And I'm like, what <laughs> What shirt? Where'd you get this? Who made this? And he was like, no, I came up with it and I just wanted to surprise you with it. And <laughs> we're going to go out and I'm going to wear it today. And I just thought it was the cutest thing. So if you have um, someone in your life whose name is either three or four letters or their um, nickname is three or four letters, you can you can um, get the shirt. That's right. Customize your own shirt. It's like four or five different colors. So just go on the website, thecaseycrew.com and you can definitely check that out. And we appreciate everybody for riding with the Casey crew we're so grateful <laughs> now this week was was a hectic and crazy week for me understatement um, oh just I, for you no for both of us yeah our baby girl was in the hospital for five days yes so I lost my baby girl and wife for five days in the hospital yes um at first they weren't sure what she had then they believed it was strep rash and a staph infection um, I mean, people were scaring me like crazy. You know, when people start calling you because they think that their child symptoms is the same as yours. So they're telling you they have it, it could be this disease or it could be that infection or it could be mm-hmm. that. And they were scaring the shit out of me. I yes. was scared. Yes. But um, it all started from what we believe is a hangnail. Is that correct? Well, this is what happened. <clears throat> London had a hangnail mm-hmm. that she picked uh-huh. one day and she came to me and told me that she picked a little nail that was hanging off, you know, the side of her finger near her cuticle. And I said, well, sweetie pie, whenever you have a hangnail, do not pick it. You have to let me know. Mommy will cut it with a nail clipper because what happens is when you pull a hangnail, it creates a small tear in the, in the skin and Bacteria can get in, especially on your hands, because we use our hands throughout the entire day. You're constantly touching something. And there aren't that many people that walk around with a hand sanitizer. So when you have some type of injury that breaks the skin on the hand, it can be potentially dangerous because your hands are the most susceptible to bacteria and viruses and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Whichever way, she let me know after the fact. So we soaked it in alcohol. Right. And... I watched it. So it began to blow up with an infection. I don't know if any of you have ever suffered from this before, but I've had it before. Um, Logan has had it before. Jackson has had it before. And it's all, it all starts with a hangnail. You pick it and then the bacteria gets in and then the tip of your finger begins to get infected and inflamed. So it begins to swell with, um, usually it has either a clear pus a yellowish pus or a green pus and it becomes so painful and I mean literally it feels as though if you even breathe on it it hurts you can't touch it nothing can come in contact with it the diagnosis has always been 
Well, I've always brought the kids to the doctor and the diagnosis has always been you lancet so that you alleviate the pus. You get rid of all of the pus that's in it. You squeeze it. That alleviates the pain. And then you bandage it. And then they put you on oral antibiotics to kill whatever infection is potentially traveling through your body at that point. Now, side note, I've never had one. And the reason I never had one is because what? Because you use alcohol for everything. Everything. If I get a, <laughs> a, if I cut my fingernails too close, I put alcohol on. Yeah, you put alcohol Hangnail, on anything. Yeah, alcohol. And I, you know what? To be honest, I hear that alcohol isn't the greatest because when I told the doctor that I soaked her finger in alcohol, she said that that's not the best idea because that irritates the skin. It causes the skin around that's eventually going to fall off. That skin around the infect- infection apparently dies mm-hmm. and it's going to fall off. So it causes it to be dry. And then the site where the infection entered the skin becomes red and and, and inflamed and the alcohol actually agitates that condition. So you're not necessarily supposed to use alcohol as much as you like to use it. But I'm killing the day. You, you use it the way that Chris Rock uses Robitussin. Yeah, I, I, use, I use alcohol <laughs> everything. I want to make sure I ain't got nothing. No right. diseases, no nothing. Right, right, okay. right. So anyway, I brought it to the doctor and the doctor, I had already lanced it, which means I just pricked it with Poked a sterile mm-hmm. needle and I alleviated the pressure that was causing her pain. Mm-hmm. She soaked it in soapy water instead of alcohol and she gave me the antibiotic, the same rundown that I did with Logan and Jackson right. previously. And we went home. Everything was fine. And then within about 10 to 12 hours, she begins to develop a rash mm-hmm. all over her body, particularly in the crevices. Mm-hmm. So all about her neck, the inside of her elbows, behind her knees, her entire back, the creases of her nose, Mm -hmm. the corners of her mouth, Mm -hmm. and um, somewhere like around her ankles and wrists were very, very red. And from one hour to the next, they were getting worse. The symptoms were increasing. So I called the doctor and I told her that I was bringing her back in. So I brought her into the brought her back to the doctor's office and the doctor looked at her and said, and now listen, between the time that I left the house and the 20 minutes that it took to get to the doctor's office, she began to develop these little dots and spots all around her face. And I told the doctor, I said, when I left the house, she didn't have these red dots on her face. And she was alarmed because she said, I can't believe that. In the short amount of time, which was, I don't know, um, less Less than than 24 24 hours hours, between my initial visit and when I was seeing her again, she said, I can't believe how rapidly whatever it is that's developing inside of her has developed. Right. And that that alarmed me a little bit because she seemed a little alarmed. Mm -hmm. She said, well, it looks like a strep rash and maybe a staph infection. I said, well, you need to explain that to me. So she broke it down a little bit. The details aren't very important. She said, what I need to do is put you on antibiotics for this now. I said, in addition to or instead of the original antibiotics that you gave me. She said, in addition to. Because what she gave her the antibiotics for the first day was a bacterial infection. Now she's saying that with the... um, staph infection that's viral so now she needed viral antibiotics so now she's on both i take her back home by the time that i get home and i put her in the bathtub to give her a cool soapy bath to calm her down i realize that 
in certain areas where she developed this rash, now she's getting something that looks like blisters, where her skin is beginning to open up and become raw. Right. And it was in some of the worst parts of her body. And it was awful. It was awful. Now the skin is beginning to slaw off. Mm-hmm. And I called the doctor. She's, she didn't seem too alarmed at this point. She said, just keep an eye on it and let it run its course. Right. I said, okay. She said, if anything drastically changes, give me a ring back. I said, okay. So I watched it for about another two hours. And then London became, became very uncomfortable. Very, very uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. It started with uncomfortability. And then it turned into pain. And... By the second hour that I waited, she's crying. She can't go to sleep. Mm -hmm. She would fall asleep for maybe two or three minutes and wake up. Mommy, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. I said, that's it. We're going to the emergency room. No, it was bad. I mean, it was so bad that you couldn't pick her up because, you know, where you would pick your child up underneath the arms. Remember, any crevice on her body was sore. So you couldn't pick her up. You, she couldn't go to the bathroom because it would burn. Right. Um, she couldn't, her head and her face was itchy. Yes. I mean, she had clothes on and the clothes damn near bothered her. So we had Everything to have her naked. was bad. Yes. And, I, and for me as a dad, and I think Gia knows, I go crazy because I feel like I'm helpless because I can't help my child. My daughter's sitting there looking at me like I'm hurt, I'm in pain, and there's nothing you can do. It's nothing you can say. You just can't say abracadabra and the pain is gone. You just can't say take this antibiotic and it's gone. So we had to rush it to the emergency room. Right. Now, the day that we rushed it to the emergency room, it just so happens that's the day that our nanny is off. Mm-hmm. So Gia rushed it to the emergency room and I actually had a, a club that night. So I couldn't go to the club and Gia went to the emergency room and then I had to hold the fort down. At the house. Right. Um, Gia gets to the emergency mm-hmm. room. You know, they're running tests. You can go from there. So I get into the emergency room and the emergency room pediatrician confirms because I realistically what I thought that was going to happen was that they were going to confirm or deny what my doctor originally told me. Right. I just wondered. I wanted to make sure that she wasn't missing anything, that mm-hmm. she didn't get anything wrong. Right, right, right. Because like I said, she didn't seem too panicked or concerned when I told her that it was progressing even further. So I wanted to make sure that we got it right. Mm-hmm. So I didn't necessarily think that she was going to be admitted. It was more like a system of checks and balances for me. So when we get there and he confirms everything that the doctor said... It takes, you know, emergency rooms, it's not like, you know, you're in and out. It takes a little bit of time. And during the time that we were there, the condition continued to progress. And at that point, he said, we're going to have to admit her because this is very serious. And I said, well, what are your thoughts? I don't want to tell you what my thoughts are yet because I'm not completely sure. I need to confirm with another doctor. We're going to put our heads together and then we're going to let you know what we ultimately think. But in the meantime, I'm going to prepare for her admission to the hospital. I said, okay. They said that they were going to continue the antibiotics, cease the ones that I was giving her at home because I had them in the in my bag. Mm-hmm. And they were going to put her on an IV. So when they put you in on, on an IV, they put a needle in your arm and they leave a catheter in they remove the needle and then all of your medication and your fluids gets delivered to your body 
through the IV. Right. So that was difficult watching her get the IV. She because she had already had an antibiotic shot at the doctor's office. Right. In her so butt. this was yeah in her butt. So this is this was another one, and it's just a lot for a three year old. Absolutely. So we were admitted. They had her on three different antibiotics to cover the spectrum of things that it could have been because right. they they didn't obviously didn't have any time to send out cultures or anything so they can only surmise what they think it can be based on the look of it and based on the textbook symptoms right so again they thought it was a strep rash and the staph infection but just in case it was anything else, they put her on three different antibiotics in case they were missing anything so that she would be covered. Correct. So she was on those three things. She was on an anti-itch medication because at this point, her entire body is itching, but her skin is so delicate and it's slowing off at such a degree, whereas if she scratches her skin just light enough to satisfy an itch, her skin would come off. Right. So what? They had to do was put her on an anti-itch medication. On top of that, she was on Benadryl, mm-hmm. also via IV. So that's five things that she was on through the IV. Right. But then the pain became so bad that they had to give her morphine. So she was on those five things plus morphine. So for a three-year-old that doesn't understand what's going on, that's going through all this pain, it was so difficult to watch. And we've never had a situation where we had to deal with a seriously sick child. Right. We've never had to have any of our children admitted to the hospital aside from stitches or something like that. So it was difficult to deal with, Mm -hmm. but she was admitted and Madison was with me. Madison missed school that day so that she could be with me in the hospital while Rashawn was holding down everything else at the house. And we spent the night there. Uh, we woke up and I spoke to another pediatrician because first it was the emergency room pediatrician. So now this is the uh, pediatrician that deals with admitted patients. And he told me that the strain of staph infection that she had is something that looks like something called scalding skin syndrome, mm. which means that the staph infection produces a toxin that ultimately burns the skin. Right. And she couldn't remain in that hospital because they needed to put her in a hospital that had a pediatric intensive care unit in case it progressed in a negative way and in case she needed to be treated like a burn victim. Yeah, they needed a burn unit. Yes. So there was a burn unit there for pediatric cases. Mm -hmm. So she had to be transferred to another hospital. So we had to prepare for that. Right. So they... um. I get back to the hospital now after taking the kids to work. I mean, after taking the kids to school and I had to get to work because, of course, we weren't prepared. So there was no mix. There was interviews. So I, I went to work. I went to work for about an hour and a half. And then I came back to the hospital. And then when I got to the hospital, I just didn't like everybody's answers. I started getting nervous. I started seeing London just look so. And I don't want to say bad, but she looked defeated. Mm-hmm. She looked upset. She looked irritable. And. There was nothing that I could do at the time. She wasn't her uh, her happy little go lucky self. Mm-hmm. Um, I got nervous. <clears throat> um, so I did what any uh, parent would do. No, what parents like you would do. I called Doctor Oz. <laughs> I called Doctor Oz. Um, Doctor Oz was on vacation, mm-hmm. and I told Doctor Oz, "Look, this is going on with my daughter. I I need help. What hospital? Where should I go? Where should I take her? Tell me. Talk to me. Talk to me." 
And Dr. Oz uh, said, well, you can take her to my hospital where I practice at, which is uh, Columbia in the city. Columbia. Mm -hmm. And um, I said, "Okay, well, that's where she's going to go. And um, he said, all right. Well, he took my information down and said, I'm going to set it up now. Now, at the same time, they were trying to put her into another hospital in New Jersey. Right. Which, was, which is Morristown Hospital, which has a it's a great hospital for pediatrics. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a great hospital, period. But period. it has a very good pediatric hospital. Right. So um, during the time, I, you know, they were saying that, you know, everything has to be approved. You know, you have to give me insurance and they have to call insurance. Everything has to be improved. And ambulance needs to be set up. They have to make sure that there's a room ready for the child. There has to, there's a whole protocol that goes on when it comes to the admittance of a patient. Right. Daddy didn't give a fuck about no protocol. Right. So I was like, fuck a protocol. Uh, If I got to helicopter her ass from Jersey to New York, let's helicopter her ass. They was like, well, you know, we have to get approved for our insurance. I said, fuck insurance. I will pay for it out my pocket right now. This is my baby girl. Money doesn't matter. Let's just get her there and let's see what the fuck is going on. Um, they said, well, it takes some time because we still have to get some things approved. We have to make sure there's a bed. I was like, I don't care about a bed. She's going to get a bed. Let's get her over there. But now, mind you, at this point, they have her symptoms under control. The antibiotics that she had been on overnight had started to work and her condition was not increasing. She was what they call stable. So she wasn't in a state of emergency at that point because when you're in a state of emergency, it's when your symptoms are developing rapidly and things need to be done quickly. And she was not at that point, which meant that their diagnosis was accurate and the antibiotics were working in her system. So now she's on morphine, So she's comfortable and her situation isn't developing for the worse. Right. So to get the approval to get her from New Jersey to New York and to get the doctor to accept it and everything took some time. It actually took around six hours. Right. Seven hours. Which is normal. Right. Um, At that point, the ambulance to Morristown only took about two hours. Mm -hmm. So I decided that, you know what, let's take it to Morristown because I, I wanted the infectious pediatric doctor to see her and as quickly as possible as as possible Mm -hmm. so instead of going to the city we took her to morristown right and well uh, they took her she had to be ambulanced they -hmm. took her and uh she was admitted there and um a couple of doctors started seeing her it was uh it's one of the best pediatrics in jersey if you live around there or in the vicinity of and there's something wrong with your child if it's an additional 20 minutes and you can make it, I would I would go there. I As opposed there. to a local hospital that might be more convenient. Right. I won't go to our local hospital again if there's anything wrong with anyone in my family. Because this situation taught me that that particular hospital isn't necessarily equipped to handle everything. Right. So if we would have went to Morristown... To begin with, we wouldn't have had to have worried about the transfer and approvals and waiting and everything, which was that was stressful on us, particularly Rashawn as parents, because he was so bent out of shape, not knowing or well, feeling as though he didn't know what was wrong. I wanted and, an answer. Like, tell but me, what tell you me have, she has but what you have, Listen, you know? but what you have to do is that what you have to do is understand that in the medical field. 
everything isn't black and white. I don't like that. And okay, well, it's science and nature. And you don't necessarily have to like it. I need it, a name. But that's the way. And they gave us names of what they thought it was. I but don't they. Even think. But it's very rare that they are going to tell you without a culture that can give you a solid definitive answer they're not going to tell you this is a just by looking at a person well, you see, no, see my problem so, with that is- and they have to protect themselves as well they're going to tell you and they're going to use terms like this is what it looks like this is what it seems to be I believe that this is what it is the symptoms indicate that X Y and Z that is the type of language that they use because they have to cover themselves and they don't want to be wrong if they're wrong they don't want a parent coming back and saying oh you said it was a staff infection when it's really this but like that's that, because though. different different conditions can share symptoms so they try to cover themselves and they try to be as honest as possible and you took that as they're not being forthcoming they don't know what they're talking about right. they're unclear you looked at it as a lack of professionalism or a lack of knowledge when I was trying to explain to you that it's not that and the thing with you is that whenever there is a situation that comes up You are terribly impulsive. You react too quickly. You panic. You worry. Whereas those characteristics don't benefit a situation. Of course, they're natural to have. I understand that. But it's a lot more beneficial to be calm if you can, to have a level head, to to look at a situation for what it is. For me, when something like this happens, it's easy to fall apart and to be upset and to be emotional and to just react. But if I reacted the same way that you were reacting, we would have been in a worse off situation. It's a lot more beneficial to be level-headed, calm, assess the situation and go into fix-it mode. All right, this is the problem. This is what it looks like. How are we going to fix it? What is the best course of action? How are we going to go about this? What are we going to do to produce the best results? See, but my thing is, I want to an answer. When I pull up Mary J. Blige, wreck it out my uh, crate, I, it's Mary J. Blige. When, if I kill somebody, I'm getting arrested for murder or if uh, manslaughter. It's something. I want to know an answer. I don't like the fact when they say, well, we think it's this or maybe this. So we're just going to give you all these antibiotics and hopefully one thing works. That's not good enough to me. But I don't like that. Tell me my daughter has glucoglacoblucic. Tell her it's right. tell me something is the Stedman disease. But those Give answers come name. with the results of a culture. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now there lies a definitive answer, but based on eyes and someone surmising what a patient has, most things in the medical field seems to be gray. There isn't that much black and white, you know, even when it comes to something like, um, like a common cold. Sometimes they don't know if you have a common cold. They're not quite sure if you have a flu, if you're achy and you have cold-like symptoms and this and that, then they'll say, it seems like you have the flu, so we're going to treat you for the flu, but you may not. So why do we need doctors? If we have if because we have lesions, we might as well just go, all right, well, if you have lesions and rashes, go to cabinet three because you have something that can handle all of that. Well, I you mean, have a cold, don't be ridiculous. One and get something that'll cover right. all that because that's basically what they're doing. Yeah, but they're don't saying, be ridiculous. We've seen this rash. It could be this or it could be that. Take all of this and you'll be good. Because they have all of the information to make the best 
diagnosis of what it could possibly be. Let's be honest. They have the best information. They have studied this their entire lives, preparing them for diagnosing symptoms like this. Let's be honest. Doctors meant meant something before the internet was around. Think about it. Let's 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 really think about it. Are you think about it? See, now you're on the verge of sounding ignorant. No, all right, good. Think about it. Doctor goes to school for how long? Eight years? Um Four years college, well, four years med school, right? Well, you know, there's pre-med and then, you know, so you, you, you take the MCATs and then right. you go to med school and then you do internships and residencies. So it's more than eight years of learning. 70, I would say 80% in the Let's things. Let's say 12 years of learning. You can Google and really get what's really going on because they're doing just what the doctor is. You Google it, a picture pops up, the same picture the doctor's going to post. And you can kind of just say, okay, is it A, B, or C? And usually A, B, and C is the same antibiotics anyways. That's what you're telling me. I'm mad that we even have to have this conversation. So let's say it is a lesion and the lesion looks like the lesion that's pictured in A, in photograph A. Right. But you don't have the ability to have a culture done to confirm that it's A. So what if it's Q? So what did, what did the doctor do? They gave so what, antibiotics? So what, what if it's F? Well, listen, they gave the antibiotics. So, so you, you don't have the and tools. And if it doesn't you work, sound so then ridiculous. they go do right. But this is what I'm saying. When you get emotional, everything that comes out of your mouth, I don't want to say everything, but a lot of it is ridiculous and it's spontaneous and it's, and it's not thought through so I want to think at that point I just wanted to get it done but go ahead so we we wound up actually getting into a little bit of a conflict about how we were going to handle it what hospital was she going to go to was she going to go to Morristown or was she going to go to Columbia and Rashawn just felt like Columbia is the best it's world renowned that's where she's going correct and I said well that sounds well and good but if she goes to Columbia that puts us about four hours behind where we need to be if there are doctors there that are just as suitable and we can get her in a pediatric intensive care unit four hours earlier then she'd be better off so that's where we wound up sending her Mm -hmm. but even when we were there we got into another disagreement Right. Don't, don't smile because you you know that you were wrong we were there this is about what the, the third day she was there um, yeah, she was. This is about the about third day days. she was there, so things are, are starting to improve. She's looking a lot better. She's looking healthier. But she's, you, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't concede that she was looking better to you. She still looked as awful because at this point her face blew up like a blowfish. Part of it because of the symptoms, and another part probably because of all the fluids that was being looked like she fought put Mike into Tyson. her body. That's yes, so like. her entire body, her eyes were almost shut because the the areas around her eyes were so swollen. Right. Right. So during that time, she's fine the whole day. She is uh, on her iPad. She's watching television. She's actually having a good time. She's looking good. She's starting to get that old spunk back. And then out of nowhere, she starts going crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's itchy. She's in pain. She's I mean, but this is she's itchy and then agitated because she cannot scratch. So she's screaming. Like screaming now, mind crying, you, hysterical. all day long. She was, she like was a banshee. Not, it just came out of the blue, just straight out of the blue, like just ten hours fine, ten hours in one minute. Ah, screaming! Ah, I want to go home! Ah, ah, she's going crazy. So I run out the room and go call a nurse. Right? She was like, I don't know what's happening to me. Oh my god! So I call the nurse. Nurse is like, Okay, I'm coming. 
nurse is taking her time walking down the, the nurse hall. was not taking her time yes she was she was see, taking this her time is where down the hall. like two people see the same situation you wasn't unfold she wasn't in the hall two people see the same situation you unfold but my interpretation of that same event is so drastically different than your interpretation of the same event you didn't see the nurse walking down the hall so the nurse is, is skipping down the hall and um she gets to the door and I'm like, all right, come inside. Like, do something. Give her antibiotic. Give her a shot. Give her something. She's screaming. I mean, going crazy. She's, I mean, yelling. I want to go home. Oh, my gosh. I'm hurting. I'm itching. She said everything but get me the fuck out of here, pretty me, much. Help me. Help me, right? So the nurse comes to the door, opens up the scrub pack, puts her scrub pack on, puts her gloves on, and then walks in. Right. So my thing was, fuck the scrubs, fuck the gloves, run in here, let's see what's going on. Because I have never in my whole entire life heard my daughter scream and yell like that. Right. The only time I ever heard her scream like that is when she came out of your vagina. That was it. Awesome. Right? So now my daughter's screaming and I felt like she was taking her time. She, They came in the room before without scrubs on. No, they did not. That one nurse did and I pointed her out to you. She made a mistake. She's not allowed to do that. And... <laughs> Once that situation was contained, the nurses left, and I look at Rashawn, who's sitting in a chair with a complete ice grill on his face, upset, angry, and I said, what's wrong? I'm going to let you say, I don't want to repeat what you said. So. I told you, I said, I think that they, that, that they took their time, and they should have rushed. I, I felt like they should have ran their ass in here and and see what was going on with my daughter it was a little bit more vulgar than that I but was. yes you were very very upset believing that they took their time mm -hmm. and I had to explain to you that it's not that they took their time there is a protocol we are on an infectious disease floor of the hospital where London has a staph infection the child next door might have MRSA the child down the hall might have something worse than a staph infection and MRSA combined. You don't know what's going on on that floor. Right. But every child on that floor has some type of infectious disease. So the protocol is that before a nurse, a doctor, the people that deliver your food enter your room, they have to put on a new plastic garb and gloves, rubber gloves. Right. So that they are not bringing anything from outside of your room into your room, which can further complicate your child's case, introduce your child to another bacteria or another virus that they would have to be there to fight. It it makes perfect sense. And you refused to accept that. Right. And I said to you, this is what they have to do to protect your child. And then to furthermore protect the other child children on the floor from what London potentially has. And you just wouldn't accept that. She should have got in here quicker. She took her time. She's sitting there scrubbing in and putting on rubber, rubber gloves. F all of that. And I'm just like, no, you cannot be so emotional. Okay, it might have taken them an additional 10 seconds to get into the room, but at least they came in germ-free. Yeah. I mean, I understood it after, but at first I didn't. All I see is my baby girl screaming and, and crying. And these are not screams that I heard before, so it's not like I'm used to it. All I see is... is my baby going crazy and I'm helpless. No, I understood how you and, felt, and as a, but, as you, but dad, you just never have a level head no, when tensions are high. I don't. I, I feel like I'm supposed to be the protector and provider. And it's crazy when you can't protect. It's crazy when you're sitting there and, and, and she's screaming and there's nothing that you could say. I can't say it's going to be okay, baby, because I don't know if it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's happening. 
So, um, anyway, so thank God that everything that she had, I guess the antibiotics, I didn't go say, I guess the antibiotics worked. The antibiotics worked. The other medicine that they gave her kept her comfortable mm-hmm. so that while, you know, her condition was being worked on by the antibiotics, she wasn't suffering towards the tail end. The only thing that they couldn't necessarily control, even with the Benadryl, was the itching. Right. So she's still itching where minorly now. Now it's minor, but it was major and then it began to taper off, but to a point where I had to rub her feet rub with her with load her hands and feet and mm-hmm. sometimes her legs, sometimes her back her forehead scratch her scalp maybe every seven minutes for through a 24-hour period right so i didn't leave the hospital from you know wednesday night where we when we were admitted into the hospital until we were discharged i was at the hospital the whole time i never left so the shower that i took when i got home was the best that i ever took when i soaked her and washed her it was the best absolutely you know but um she's home now but she's home now she's doing great she's back to the same old kid running around jumping and yes now she's um she she came home with a letter that said that she can go back to school she's not infectious anymore so she's fine but we're keeping her home for the rest of the week just to ensure that she's good and a hundred percent and then maybe she'll go back to school on monday yeah but that that was our story i mean it was just a crazy week and if you have kids out there you know when your kids are sick and and they're going through something and you can't do it it's the worst feeling ever yes but if you ever suspect something is wrong with yourself or a loved one but especially your child See a doctor or bring them to the emergency room. Right. And let me just tell you, you know, if you can't afford a doctor, the emergency room has to take you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, worry about paying it later. You know, if you say, well, I don't have the money, worry about that later. See what's wrong with you first, because some of these things, if you catch it early enough, you can stop it. If it's too late, sometimes it can't be. So if you can't afford or you don't have insurance, don't worry. Bring your ass to the emergency room. They cannot deny you. Right. If your child doesn't seem like their self If there's anything that makes you think that your child is unwell, do not sit on it. Do not wait. Do not say, okay, well, you know, let me let me watch this for another day or another two days, because another day or another two days can be too late. Make sure that you choose precaution over cure. Make sure that make sure that. You put yourself in a position where you're able to see something head on and be proactive about it instead of it already taking place and then trying to figure out how you're going to remedy that situation. How are you going to make it better? How are you going to fix it? All right. And also, um, I want to thank everybody for riding with me. I, I, you know, I was a little out of it one of those days on the radio and so many people sent so much love people sent flowers balloons and teddy bears to baby girl we definitely appreciate you guys and thank you thank you i just wanted to to tell people about that story and that situation so they knew you know how we coped with a kid being ill Mm -hmm. yes today's episode of the casey crew is brought to you by blue apron for less than ten dollars a meal blue apron delivers easy to follow seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients right to your door now i'm not gonna lie last weekend's uh delivery of blue apron 
I had the nanny cook. <laughs> you did. Yeah, the nanny cooked and she made an amazing Parmesan. Is it Parmesan or Parmesan? Parmesan. I can't pronounce it. Parmesan crusted chicken with creamy <laughs> fettuccine and roasted broccoli. It, it was, was actually really good. good. Money. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I appreciate Blue Apron and you can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping, all right? By going to blueapron.com slash Crew. All you got to do is just pretty much just open your mailbox, look by your door and everything is there like you don't have to worry about anything all you gotta do is just prepare it how dope is that alright so again that's blueapron.com slash Casey Crew Blue Apron a better way to cook check it out alright well now it's time for the email of the week okay what'd you choose alright now there's two ways we can go with this email of the week <laughs> again yeah there's two ways okay. I'm gonna let you decide my boyfriend's family is racist oh wow or my boyfriend has a photo of one of his baby mamas in his house where he lives. Not where he lives, where we live together. Which way do you want to go, girl? Um, Let's go for number one. Oh, man, that's kind of whack. All right, we can go down. Why? I wanted to get to the T, baby. No, I'm just kidding. That's cool. Ready? <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, it's from Anonymous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it says, hi, guys. Just wanted to let you know I love your show and I'm very much a fan I don't really know the age range from the fans who receive emails from, but I figure I'm on the younger side. I'm 21. So hopefully this is not at all boring to you. You just said boring. No, I mean, I didn't mean boring. <laughs> I didn't mean it was boring, but I'm, you know what I meant. Go ahead. Uh, boring to you. If this email does so happen to make it to the podcast, I would prefer you don't say my name. Uh, let me get down to the issue. Me and my boyfriend have been together for five years and we plan on spending our lives together, but there is one little problem. His family is racist. He has a black father whom he has never had a relationship with and a white mother. Off the bat, he made it clear to me that his mother's side of the family was racist and he, because he grew up as a black boy, was treated as such. He stayed away from them and he kept me away from them. He often told me stories of how they would call him a monkey as a child. Wow. Since I've been with him, I pretty much met the majority of them by chance and it was always awkward. I am an American ethnic studies and criminology major, so none of this is new to me, and I know exactly how to handle it. But there are two people that he would ne- that was never uncomfortable talk- taking me around, I'm sorry, his mother and his uncle. Me and his mother were great friends the first two years of the relationship. Hold on, let me find my spot. Two years of the relationship. After we left college, she began to become distant and rude. It seems to me she felt like he was her boyfriend more than her son, and she was upset that he was moving on and moving in with me. His uncle, on the other hand, has always shown microaggressions and sometimes been blatantly racist. My boyfriend seems to be just as bothered by this as me, and it has led me not to be wanting around his family. We have been uh, we have had money problems. We have no we don't have any money problems. I'm not taking any food out the fridge. Wait, 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 wait. Let me read this again. This is not me. I swear this is the way she wrote it. It says, we have been having money problems. I'm taking no food in the fridge and no electricity. I think she means no. I'm talking no food in the fridge. and right. no. So they do have money problems. Right, right, right. I'm right. reading it just as she wrote it. No, I understand. He has turned to his family for money, which has led to some very interesting and racist conversations. Wow. I'm not a very prideful person, but I'd rather starve and be without power before I take money from his family. Mm -hmm. He, on the other hand, feels food and power is more important in the grand scheme of things. (laughs) And he asked him for everything. 
I would never ask him to choose, but this is all too much for me. I also feel like the money problems are starting to cause more arguments. I know you guys have been together since college. Did you ever have money troubles? How did you deal? More importantly, how should I deal with his racist family? Um, so she's either black or African American as well, right? Um, we don't know. I mean, she could be any other than white, you know, that maybe they have, but I assume it's African American. She's okay. So she's non-white. Correct. Okay. Uh, what do you think? Hmm? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> what? You, you want your ignorant husband to answer? I didn't call you ignorant. I said that there are times where your behavior can be ignorant and irrational. Okay. Um, hmm. Let me see. How do I say this the right way? I say enjoy your boyfriend and your future husband and fuck them crack ass crackers. That's how I really honestly feel. I'm sorry. Serious? (laughs) Let me tell you what I mean. If you're racist. Hold on a minute. What? You are bugging right now. In my opinion. Yo, hold on. Just look at me right now. You are bugging. In my opinion, if you are racist and you really care about what a person's skin tone is. You are the most disrespectful, disgusting person on the face of this planet. God made all of us, and it doesn't matter if you're black, if you're white, if you're Asian, or what you are. If you can't stand a person because of the way that they look, I have no respect for you. I don't want to talk to you. I don't want you around me. I don't even want you patronizing me. You should be able to look at somebody and say, I like them because of who they are, where they come from, and the type of person that they are. Not because one is a lighter complexion, or one has a darker complexion, or one is a brown complexion, or one's eyes is a little chinkier, or one's hair is a little this way. It doesn't, what? 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 I'm just being honest. Okay, so listen, in in the pursuit of your honesty, you are using racial slurs. Oh. <laughs> that are not okay. Oh. Okay. I I know that we're home and we're talking like we're at home, but you have to be mindful of being offensive. I'm sorry, I'm not trying to be offensive to nobody. I know. I, I hate okay, racist. because I am part Chinese mm-hmm. and I happen to know that the word chinky or chink is technically a slur just so you know I'm sure that you don't know okay well obviously I'm not offended but I don't want any of our listeners to be offended and you are not racist no I'm not so in the pursuit of you making your point you know using the word cracker or something like that even though they are you know deplorable people the ones that you're referring to because they are racist themselves, the answer is not to turn around and use a racial slur towards them because you are feeding the flame. Yeah, Do you understand right. what I'm saying? You're right, but... So you should apologize. Why? I'm just, you talk- just apo- I'm just talking to those racists. Yes, but you if you call a racist a racial slur, then you are giving power to their point of view by doing the same thing. In, a, in an essence... You're not being that much better. You're better because your heart isn't where their heart is, but your actions aren't that much better than some of their actions. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, so you should apologize. I apologize. And explain that you didn't mean that. I didn't mean it. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. You're so impulsive and you just react and you don't think. Like, that's not okay. All right, I'm sorry, sweetheart. Don't call them that word, but you could think it. But No, you shouldn't think it right. either. You shouldn't think it should either. should be better than that. But you shouldn't want to be around them. You should ignore them. They shouldn't need anything. You shouldn't ask for anything. I'm with you. 
Pride and ego is everything to me. Pride and ego I is would, everything to you. Do I you hear what you're preaching? S- Listen. No, no, I don't. I don't. Hold I on, would no, rather no, stop starve. One second. No, stop. Stop for one second. I understand and I agree with you and her. I would rather starve than take money from someone that doesn't like me because of my skin tone. Exactly. Obviously, but you cannot preach that pride and ego is everything because you know better than that. Right. But pride that and ego are not good. In that situation, I could not ask them then for say anything. That, but don't preach that pride and ego are everything because pride and ego are actually negative attributes to someone's characteristics and personality. Okay, so in this situation, sweetheart, I don't know your name, so we'll call you sweetheart or anonymous. I wouldn't ask them for anything. You're absolutely positively right. I wouldn't ask them for food. I wouldn't ask them for electricity. I wouldn't ask them for crumbs off their plate. If they don't like me because of my color, they are not good people and they possibly might put rat poisoning in your food. So I wouldn't take anything from them and if your boyfriend or your fiance can't understand that he has a problem i understand that's his mom i understand that's his family but he knows what it is at the end of the day i don't mess with racist people i don't care if you're black and you're racist towards white people i can't mess with you if you're white and you're racist towards black people i can't mess with you i don't care who you are what you look like if you're a good person you're a good person you you treat my kids good you treat my family good I love you and I will do anything for you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you look like. That's my opinion. But the fact that they call uh, his his mother's side of the family, call him him a monkey that's and all that other stuff. That's something that you don't need to need to be around. And I, I, you know, I'm big with telling people about, you know, working things out in a relationship. But that's not something that is ever going to be ever going to work, because if he still F's with them. And he continues to F with them and that racist part and continues to use them. The reason they are so racist and so nasty towards him, because it seems like he always has to no, not only allows it, but needs them. He needs them. So he always has to go back to them. Absolutely. Asking for something. So in that situation, it's almost as though they have the power so they can treat him how they want to treat him because they know that he depends on them for certain things. Right. So regarding your relationship it sounds to me as though you need to help him become more independent and not by preaching pride and ego, but explaining to him that you would rather rectify your financial situation on your own as a couple, as opposed to asking people that truly do not mean the best for him or for the two of you as a couple. If it means that you have to take on more hours, if you do have a job, you said you're 21, I don't know if you're still in school or if you're just out of school, but if it means taking on more hours or getting another job or doing odd jobs to make up for the income that you're lacking, I would suggest that both of you make it on your own. Because honestly, at 21, you should start paving a way where you're not depending on parents or family members to help you anyway. It may be difficult. It's very difficult, I'm sure. It may be difficult right now, but if you have to live in a one-bedroom studio or whatever, it's better that you pave the way and teach yourself that responsibility because learning how to not depend on other people for your basic needs is more important than anything at this stage in your life. Because a lot of times when you depend on family members, you become comfortable and it doesn't teach you that drive. It doesn't, it doesn't 
it doesn't breed that go-getter mentality. Like I'm going to do whatever it takes. And as young people, that's the type of mentality that you need to have to really survive in this world. Because right now, you know, the economy is not the best. There aren't that many jobs available and you really need that grit. So put those people on the back burner. And on a side note, if you know that they don't like you, because of your nationality, whatever nationality that is, you really shouldn't have anything to do with them. And not to say that over years, people don't change, but if you are a racist, nine times out of 10, you've been that way since your early years. And that's not the type of mentality that's easy to kick. Absolutely. That's not the type of thing that even if you change and you know better and maybe you have a life changing situation with a person of, you know, another race and you come to when you understand and blah, 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 blah. I think, and this is just my opinion, I think that that racist nature of you is always going to rear its head, whether it be in your actions or in your thoughts. So I don't I don't know that I believe that it's very easy for a person to come completely clean of being a racist. So I would keep those people that can be destructive or that can harm me, my life or just harm my serenity far, far away. So I personally wouldn't have anything to do with them. The other thing that you mentioned was the mother feeling that since the two of you became closer and did she say they moved in together? Yes. And since you moved in together that, I mean, I'll put it in my own words, but that she was taking away your baby. Right. That is something that happens. Mothers that are close to their sons, and it doesn't seem like they were too close, but close enough, typically have a bond. And you see that happen over and over and over again, where a mother-in-law becomes jealous of their son's girlfriend or wife because it comes across as though they need their mothers less. They spend less time with Mm -hmm. their mothers because that female person in their life, that void is being filled now. Whereas you had it with your mother, you might've called your mother for, you know, this problem or that advice or all of those needs that would typically be met by a female by their mother is now being met by another female. And maybe it is a measure of human nature that that mother is now feeling depleted because her son doesn't need her in the same way because he's getting what he needs from you. And you see that happen. That's something you see so often. So understand what it is. It's not necessarily, and I don't know your relationship. I don't know if you're a wonderful person. I don't know if you have your faults, but it probably isn't because of you personally it's a personal issue of the mothers and how she's feeling because she feels as though she's losing her son or her son is losing his need for her right i absolutely positively agree with you um i mean i i think you said everything i mean what do you think about that jealousy i mean that happens with most mothers i think that's probably going to happen with you and our son i mean no just the relationship you guys have that's not my personality i'm the type of person that when he gets a little girlfriend and he falls in love falls in love falls in love with i think that i would kind of coddle her and like bring her in and want to give her little gifts and take him shopping to get her little gifts i want to treat i want to teach him to be the type of boyfriend and husband that you've been to me. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I want for our son. Right. You know, and I want my daughter to find a boyfriend and then a husband that is the same way with her that you are with me. Like, when you do sweet things or when you say nice things or when I come home to flowers or, you know,
know something or even when you came home with that damn Gia shirt, I'll look at Madison and I'll say, look at daddy. You see the type of guy that you're looking for when you get older? Take notes. Right. You know what I mean? So I don't know. Well, I hope I wish you the best of luck. And um, because hopefully it works out well. I really don't know how to live with a racist. I couldn't live with a racist. And as far as money is concerned, I mean. You know, money shouldn't be the reason why the relationship goes left or goes right. It really shouldn't be, truthfully. Now, this week's episode of the Casey Crew is brought to you by Latote. Now, with Latote, you can rent and wear all the latest fashion without ever stepping inside a store. Now, you can get as many uh, totes as you want every month, and all you got to do is wear it, then return and repeat. Now, why pay $700, $800 for some clothes when you could just pay $39 a month and you can get everything that you need? How dope is that? So, wait, wait, wait. You rent the clothes. So, they send you what? A box? They send you a box. With with different fashion items? Yeah, with perfume. You might have earrings. You might have leggings. You might have a top. So, different things and then you wear it? And then you return it. And then you send it back. Or you can keep it if you want. If you want to buy it, you can purchase it. Oh, there's like a purchase option? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's called La Tote. La Tote. Oh, okay. I've been hearing about things like that lately. So it's like a it's like a box set type thing. Right. Well, oh, okay. They're not going to send you panties underwear, but you know what I mean. You don't know. They might. No. I guess they take your information and probably your likes and your dislikes. And you probably check out like a like a fashion yeah. like personality test. And Absolutely. then they probably send you things that caters to you your likes. Before? How do you no, know? but someone was telling me about something recently that sounds like this. So All right. All you got to do is you can sign up today at latote.com. That's L-E. T-O-T-E dot com to get started for as low as $39 a month. And you can enter promo code Casey Crew to get $50 off your first month. All right. Now, uh, fill out your style profile and, oh, si- see? and sign style up to profile. get a custom see? tote delivered right to your door. Wear what you want. Return everything in the mail when you're done and you'll get a new box within days. That Again, that's kind of cool. The tote dot Enter our code to Casey Crew and feel stylish with fashion delivered right to your door. Now, um, it's funny that we talked about Logan and how I felt Logan will be with you and you will be with Logan when he finds a girlfriend. Because that brings me to the argument of the week. Now, the, why are you looking at me like that for? This is so fresh. You really, you really want to go there? Yeah. Okay. So argument of the week. We were just arguing about this maybe 15 minutes before we came into the basement to do this podcast. Gia thinks that I'm too hard on our son, Logan, and sometimes too mean. I think you're mean. Now, let me explain to the people about my son. Now, of course, if you follow us on Instagram, I take my son everywhere with me, whether it's the games, whether it's whatever it may be. We play video games. We play basketball. We go go kart and we do everything pretty much together. But I am hard on him when it comes to certain things. Um... As a kid, I had a lot of chores. I think we all had chores as a kid. I mean, I had to take the garbage out. I had to clean my room, make my bed. I had to, if it snowed, make sure I shoveled the snow. Uh, certain days I had to wash dishes. Those were my chores. Mm-hmm. Uh, our son, <clears throat> they don't have shit. Our kids don't really have no chores. The only chores <laughs> that they do have is to watch their brothers and sisters. Occasionally. Occasionally. So every day when I come home from work, I usually get home around 12 noon. I walk down to his bathroom and he always leaves his bathroom light on, the shower light on and his clothes right there. Uh-huh. And it bothers the shit out of me. As it should. Um, 
so we have these I have these conversations with him all the time that he has to pick up his stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, me talking to him sometimes is like talking to a wall. Um, not that he doesn't answer that. I feel like it just bounces off the wall and hits me right back in my face because he doesn't listen. So I feel like hold some, on, but let me ask you a question. Yes, ma'am. Do you feel as though he doesn't listen intentionally? Um, I never really thought about it. Think about it. That's why I'm asking you. I want to bring it to the forefront of your mind. I hope. Do not. you think that when you ask him to do something and he doesn't do it, or if you say, "Logan, from now on, I want to make sure that you turn off. I want you to make sure that you turn off all of your lights mm-hmm. in your little wing. Make sure that they're all off." And he doesn't do it. You come home, the lights are on from the morning. Do you think that he intentionally left the lights on to say, you know what? Today I'm just going to spite my dad. Um, No, I think he forgets. Yes, you think he forgets. I think he forgets. Go ahead. But if your dad has a problem with it and he screams at you and you get in trouble and you get grounded for it, mm-hmm. I would make sure when I left for school yes. that there would be a note on the door to say, before you leave, turn off all the lights, pick up my clothes. Right. So... Um, I'm pretty mean to him because I want him to listen. And I feel like sometimes people take kindness for weakness. You've said this before with me all the time. Mm-hmm. So, um, but the difference is I'm a grown ass man and he's a young ass boy, but I feel there's no real difference. Yes. yes let me finish. But I feel with Logan, it's just I, about human nature. There's I no feel you baby him a lot. I don't baby Logan. Yes, you do. I feel no, I like don't. in this household, you give the kids a democracy. <laughs> where we can all talk about what's the problem. And sometimes I'm not talking. I, I agree. I, matter of fact, it's not that I'm not talking. I don't want to talk. <laughs> what I say, you do. If you don't want to do, you move the fuck out. That's well, I, pretty I much what it is. I understand But that. since you created this democracy. It's not a democracy because democracy lends itself to the idea that all of their opinions really feed into the final decision. It does. We know we take that no, we take their opinions into account and then we make the final decisions. Like if if it's you, me, Madison and Logan, we each don't have one fourth input. Right. You and I have fifty percent input and we take into consideration their thoughts and opinions, and then we make the decision. But I don't that's even not give that. a democracy. That, if you're putting it in government terms, that's a government that's in tune with their people. All right, let me explain a situation, right? Okay. Okay, I'm going to give you an example, right? Mm-hmm. Me and you are laying in bed. Madison and Logan are downstairs, mm-hmm. right? Um, They call upstairs, and Madison says, Dad, Logan won't give me back my phone. Okay. I say, put Logan on the phone. I'm saying, Logan, give it back her phone. He says, I will. I signed in on Snapchat on her phone. I just want her to delete my information, mm-hmm. my name, my password. I said, okay, she will. He goes, yeah, but I want her password to her phone because I want to make sure she deletes it. I said, no, it doesn't work like that. I said, give her back her phone. She will delete your information. If she doesn't, she's in trouble. Capiche? Capiche. Hang up. Bleep. They call back. I don't answer. <laughs> they come upstairs. They knock on our door. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to talk to y'all if it's about this damn phone. Right? Right. So they don't come in the room. And Madison says, he still has my cell phone. So I say, if I have to get up out this bed, <laughs> it's going to be holy shit in this house. Right. So Logan begins to explain to me that he doesn't want to give Madison back her phone because he's scared Madison will steal his password. Uh huh. But that's not what I said. I said, give Madison back her phone. Mm-hmm. 
and Madison will delete your username and password in the phone. Right. But he didn't believe that she was he actually going to do would. that. Right. But this is my thing. And he didn't trust you to see to it that she was going to do that. But so don't... he felt the compelling need to explain to you because he didn't believe that you understood his point of view and what his concern was. But at this point, it's a dictatorship. Do what the fuck I say. I understand that as well. Fuck out. But you mm-hmm. didn't. So now now you're in trouble. Now I got to bust your ass. But not because of, it's because you didn't listen. Because that's what I told you. And that's right, what Logan does. Logan doesn't listen. He always has to explain. And sometimes mm-hmm. the explanation is what gets you in trouble. Right. Like the other day, another example. I come home and I'm like, babe, I said, Logan, uh, I went in your bathroom. Your bathroom light is on and there's clothes on the floor. And what does he say? You was right there. This one. <laughs> well, I had already had a talk with him on how he needs to deal with you from this point forward, because he also thinks that he's a little lawyer. So he talks so much and he explains himself so much that a simple, you know what? I was wrong. I'm going to try to do better from now on. I am sorry would do. And he just he loses sight of that. So I had a talk with him earlier and then lo and behold, he and I are sitting in the library talking. You come home. I guess you went upstairs and checked his bathroom and the light was on and whatever else you the found. Clothes on the floor. Whatever else you found fault with right. in his little section. And then you come downstairs and you say that, what did you say to him? Your clothes are upstairs on the floor. I said, didn't we have this conversation before? Uh-huh. The light is on and the clothes are on the floor. And he responded by saying... I don't think so. I think that I put it, I think I put it away. You're like, oh, word? You want to go upstairs and go check? You want to come, you want me to show you the clothes that you left on the floor? And he was like, okay. So he gets up and the two of you are about to walk upstairs. And I just, my mind fast forwarded into what this was about to become. I stopped him. I said, so Logan, like, what are you doing? I just, I think I put all my clothes away. I said, but daddy just came from your room and told you that your clothes are on the floor. So obviously- they are on the floor. So if you think that you put them in the hamper and you did not, what you're thinking is you're, you're wrong because right. daddy just witnessed it on the floor. So what are you doing? You're going to go and walk all the way back upstairs and down the hall and into your wing so that daddy can prove to you that your clothes are there when he already told you. Like he's not mistaking your clothes for Madison's clothes right. or anyone else's. So you're just exasperating the situation. So by the time that you get up there and you're like, oh, my my clothes are on the floor. Now at that point, he's livid and he's going to yoke you up and it's going to be a problem. So instead of giving credence to the fact that he saw your clothes there and saying, you know what, dad, I'm sorry. I must have forgotten. It won't happen again. I apologize. You're going to go the wrong route and create a completely bad situation all the way around because he's already been pissed off with you for like a week straight about the same stuff. Right. So he stopped and repeated (laughs) what I told him to say to you. And, you know, we, we have the problem again. But what I'm trying to tell you about Logan is that I think that he genuinely forgets. He is not trying to antagonize you. And you claim all the time that you forget about numerous things. There are numerous things I will threaten you about. I will say, if you don't, you keep, this is a problem. This is something I don't like. And you continue to do it. And what is your excuse a vast majority of the time? 
I forget. But the difference I is forgot. you're I'm a grown you're a grown man. Right. and you have responsibilities right. and you have things on your mind. No, I just think that it's genetics. I think that he has inherited your forgetful nature. And he forgets. He's such an amazing kid. He's such a loving child. He's not gonna do anything to upset you on purpose. He has to fight against his own nature to keep you happy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So today, now this is why it all came back to the forefront today. Today, Logan woke up. Well, actually, last night he went to bed and he wasn't well. He woke up this morning. He still wasn't well. He was having stomach cramps. There was a problem, but he had no fever. Right. So I sent him to school. He goes to the nurse's office about three or four times throughout the day and he's not well. She calls me. She tells me that he has no fever. I think by the third time that he went to nurse's office, she called me and said, he's here. He's been here twice before I sent him back to class. He still has no fever, but he's in a lot of pain. Do you want to come and get him? I put him on the phone and I said, well, how are you feeling? He said, I feel so bad, mom. I could hear in his voice that he was on the verge of tears. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know what? Now, mind you, this is an hour before dismissal. So I said to Rashawn, I said, you know what? You should go and pick him up from school. Rashawn's response was? Nah. No, it was, nah, let his ass stay there. Yeah. What do you mean let his ass stay there? So I said to you, why would we let him sit in the nurse's office for an hour sick? Meanwhile, there's no way I'm going to let him take the school bus home because he's not feeling well. Why would you just let him sit there instead of picking him up now as opposed to picking him up in an hour? No, because I feel as though he just thinks that he can call his mommy and tell his mommy that he's sick and his mommy's going to come and pick him up. Well, it was not only that, but also I walked into his room today and the same thing that we had an argument about yesterday, we had a conversation about yesterday, was there again. Right, his so your sick child can stay in the nurse's office with his stomach cramping. But then he would have to think about it. As a punishment. It, it was pu- only 30, 40 minutes. No, it was an hour. It was okay. actually a solid hour that uh, he would have had to have stayed there. Stomach ache. But this is There's my no difference point. between the stomach ache he has in school this is my and point. the stomach he has in house. But you cannot he let... Remember that. You No, No, he wouldn't remember anything. You know what he's going to walk away thinking? You know what? My father's a mean F-U-C-K. That is what he's going to walk away thinking. But he would clean no, up his honestly, room every day. No, he wouldn't. He would just sit there and there would be like this burning flame of like, I don't know, of resentment that he would start to build for you because, because you're agitated about certain things that you think that he can do better in the house. Now it's like it's 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 causing you to treat him mean overall where you're not nice and sweet to him the way that you used to be. So now it's like a thing and it's your job as a parent to break that. You can't be as simple minded as a 13 year old and and deal with him on his level. You have to rise above that and oversee the whole situation and say, well, this is the problem and this is how I have to handle it as a parent to produce the best results. You can't get on his level and be like, oh, word, he's sick, let his ass stay there. Because how do you sound? Yeah. How do you sound? I mean, you're right. I mean, so, I was upset because we had this conversation right, every day. Right. And then today I so then and his stuff is still in. You and I get into a big argument of me telling you that you're mean. Right. And you're mean for mean's sake. Like you get nothing from it. Yeah, you're right. I was wrong. I just, this is, this is, this is, we're not talking about this argument so I can say that I was right. I'm just telling people what we were arguing about. We tell them about everything. You were right. I was mean. I was being a mean little bastard. I was, you was right. I was wrong. Right. So then Logan gets home 
and we all had a talk. I had a conversation. Because I do agree with you that he does need to be more responsible mm-hmm. and he needs to take his role in the house a little bit more seriously. Right. So we all had a talk. And don't you think that talking to him in a disciplinary way, but in a kind way, got through to him a lot better than if you were yelling at him, screaming at him and threatening his life? We'll see tomorrow. Now, Massey, in that moment, how did you feel? Um, I didn't feel anywhere. I mean, it, it, it always feels good to have conversations in, in our house, but we'll see what happens. No, I want to know, did you feel as though he was more receptive to you? You admitted that you, that maybe at times yes, you could be mean to him, I did. but it was all being born from the idea that he's constantly disappointing you in certain ways. Right. So when you explain to somebody, like, even if you're wrong, when you explain to them where you're coming from, even though they might've been hurt by you, at least they can understand where you're coming from right you know they don't have to agree with you but at least they can be like you know what he's been a jerk but at least I understand why and that can start to restore the relationship as opposed to you know you keep going down the wrong path and just exasperating it right I mean you're right I mean having that conversation was was better than screaming at him or threatening his life but um no, you're absolutely right. You know, we had a conversation and hopefully that, you know, he he understands and he'll remember in the morning. And I'm sure if he doesn't, you'll remind him before he kisses you on the way out. <laughs> you like, sure those lights are sure off? The lights are off? <laughs> I'm sure you will. But, you sure you, know, you brought down your tray with your food? Okay. I, I, you know, hopefully it, it sinks in. And you know what? I just, I just don't want him to be, and he's not like this now, but I just don't want him to be that kid that doesn't, uh, isn't, respect is not the word I'm looking for, but the little things and just takes things for granted. That's what I'm looking for. I just want him to be that person that takes things for granted. Take things for granted like what? Like even though we have a nanny and we have help that you feel like, oh, I ain't got to clean my room or I ain't got to turn off the lights. Oh, yeah, no, they're not raised that way though. But I just want to make sure that that stays with them, you know? I just want to make sure he's that kid. That he's that, grounded. That he treats. I think that's what you're saying. Yeah, the janitor like the president. You know, he treats the janitor like the principal. But Rashawn, he is, you know, it, I got to tell you, it bothers me. You see, you you kind of tapped on that earlier. Mm-hmm. And it bothers me that that would even be a concern of yours, especially when it comes to that kid. Like that, like right now, you saying that makes me feel a little bothered, honestly. No, like, he, he does. Like, like my heart is beating a little fast right now because Logan is the sweetest, most compassionate kid that I've ever known. I mean, right. One time we, um, we went to a Yankees game. This was how long, how many, this was just months ago, maybe six months ago. Mm-hmm. Six months, does that sound about it was right? A while. It was a, a while ago, I don't remember. We went to a Yankees game and, during the game, I wasn't hungry. And then when we were leaving, I was hungry. And I, I said, you know what? The kids are tired. I don't want to stop on the way home. Let me just grab some fast food from, you know, from the stadium and I'll take it with me. So we're walking out. I grabbed my bag of food. I got the kids some fries and burgers and whatnot so we could all eat a little bit more on the way home. And we, we walked through the um like the the front the lot. we walked through the front we walked through the parking lot and then we came out like on the other on the other side and there was a homeless person that was there mm-hmm. he was just sitting on the side and he had and he had a sign and we walked past and Logan read the sign and he looked at me and he said so mom we're just going to pass him like that and not give him anything mm-hmm. and i said well sweetie i said there are times where you know you can give a homeless person money but 
you know, you're not always going to be able to give every homeless person that you ever pass money or something like that. And as we're walking, we have this brief conversation. He said, well, why? I said, well, sometimes people are homeless for, I don't want to say the right reasons, but for absolutely understandable reasons. And sometimes maybe not so much. Sometimes there are people that are young enough and able enough to work and maybe they got derailed and they chose not to work and they're homeless and, you know, they choose to live on the street. And then there are other people that might be veterans or elderly or, you know, down on their luck. I said, people can be homeless for a lot of different reasons. I said, a lot of times when I pass a homeless person, you know, I decide whether I want to give them money or something else. I said, but usually I would prefer, I said, and I've done this on several occasions and I did this once with Logan prior. I said, if I see a homeless person that I want to do something for, I might go and stop and get them food and bring it back to them and give them food. And Logan actually did that with me once before so I could, you know, kind of teach him. Right. So we passed. Now we're about a block away from this homeless person and it took about a block's distance for us to have this conversation. And he said, all right, mom, because the whole time he's still begging me, mom, can we at least give him $10? Can we give him $20? Can we give him something? And I said, you know what? All right. Maybe he said, well, better yet, can we give him our food? I said, is that what you would like to do? And he said, yes. He said, can you guys start to walk back with me? So then we started walking back towards him and he walked halfway between we were standing where the homeless person was sitting. Then he came back to me and he said, mom, can I give him your Coke? Because I had a Coke and he took it and then he ran and he spoke to him for a little while. They sit there and had a little conversation. And I asked him afterwards, well, he's like, oh, well, how are, you? how are you? You know, what is your day like? Are you okay? Do you feel okay? Do you need any medicine? He asked him all these questions. He gave him the food. And then afterwards, Logan gave him a big hug and like held him and squeezed him tight. And I think you took out your phone and took a picture, right? Uh-huh. And the homeless and, guy said, said, God bless him. And said, God bless you. Right. You know, like that is Logan's heart. That is who that kid is. Every time that we pass, we always pass the same homeless person on the Major Deegan whenever I'm on my way to New York. No, 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 not the George, on the Major Deegan. Like there's like a, the ramp, there's Mm -hmm. like a homeless person right at that little vertex. And every time that we pass him, Logan makes me give him money to a point where sometimes I would, sometimes I wouldn't. Logan started bringing $5 every time that we go into New York so he could roll down the window and give him $5. So for you to be concerned that that kid isn't grounded, I don't know a kid that's privileged that could be more grounded than Logan is. Right, and that's great. But the problem I have, and I love that about him, problem I have, if there's a soda knocked down on the floor in our family room and Logan's walking by, Logan's going to walk right over that soda. <laughs> that's not, that's about being lazy and irresponsible. That's not about being grounded. Well, maybe so let, let's not lazy. mix the two right, up. Then, and then, you know, one time I remember coming home and, you know, Sometimes when it's it's he snows, always does the right thing where other time. people are concerned. When it's you snows, don't talk about that. You don't talk that way about my son. When it snows, sometimes, you know, before the plow comes, we have to plow. We have to shovel right by the gate so the gate can open. And I get home one day and I see Madison out there <laughs> shoveling the snow. Yes, because she knows he is lazy. Yes, she knows that he. You know that I have to get in the driveway. Mm-hmm. And Madison's out there with her pajamas. And Logan, I come home, Logan's upstairs playing video games. Like, what's up, Pop? What's up? <laughs> While his sister's out there shoveling, shoveling the snow. gate. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he is lazy. So maybe that's the word I'm looking yes, for. Yes, he's lazy. So we had He'll a, always cheat, treat the janitor like the president. So we, we had a great conversation today, and hopefully that changes. And I just wanted to say thank you. 
I mean, sometimes in a relationship, you have to check your partner. And and checking doesn't necessarily mean nasty or negative or argument. It's just a conversation. And you checked me the last couple of days from everything, from the hospital to this. And I needed it. And I'll say thank you. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. And um, somebody said something to me today that that fit, right? Mm -hmm. He was like, you know, sometimes I don't show love with my actions, right? But I love my money. And if I love my money and I spend my money on you, that means I love you. That that struck a chord with you. That and then you don't get it. I love my money and I spend my money on you, so I love you. Really? All right. Well, that's what you say to me right now. All right. Well, I, you're so romantic. I, I mean, it worked for him. I thought it worked for me. All right. Who said that? Where'd you hear that? Uh, Troy Ave. I heard Troy Ave. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, again, uh, shout to everybody that listens to us each and every weekend. This is a personal episode. Thank you for checking me. I appreciate it. I You're love welcome, you. Give me a kiss. Pie. You're all the way over there. You can give me a kiss when we walk out of here. No, make one. I'm, I'm a no, because I'll knock over all this stuff, all this equipment in okay. front of me. You're right. You could blow me a kissy. No, that's going to sound whack if I do that on air. I'd be like, Okay. It'll sound whack if I like catch it. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. But again, we appreciate you guys for riding with us again. Uh the email is the Casey Crew, T H E E K C Crew at gmail.com if you want to holler at us. And uh don't forget, you know, we appreciate everybody buying your baseball hats, your fitteds, your mugs, your wine glasses, your socks, your damn gear shirts. If you want to check out the merchandise we have, just uh hit up the Casey Crew. Now we're on our way to the emergency room. So speaking on something that we talked about earlier, Rashawn is feeling a pain in his calf. No, no, calf. I don't even. What's this? That's your calf, dummy. I thought the calf was the back. No, that's your calf. Whole thing is human anatomy one hundred and one. The whole thing is a calf. The whole back, right? What you're touching? That's like the the front. That's your calf, Rashawn. It's all part of the calf muscle. Okay, I got you around. Okay, so anyway, he's feeling a pain in his calf. Calf. Okay. Okay, I just want to say it. <laughs> so I'm concerned that it might be a blood clot. Just the way that he's describing the pain or the discomfort. Would you describe it more as pain? Discomfort. Or, yeah. I'm just I'm I'm worried because sometimes you hear about you know blood clot blood clots that develop in a certain blood part clot. of your body and can travel to your brain or something. So we're gonna hang these mics up, hop in the car, and head to the emergency room in Morristown. Right. And um, make sure that you are okay. All and make, right. make sure that you're not having like a little hypochondriac episode. I think I might be, but I'd rather the doctor be like, I'm good. Yeah. So I can feel we'll good. We'll take an x-ray. Right. And whatnot. So thank you guys for rocking with us. We enjoyed talking to you today. That's right. I'm DJ Envy. And I am Gia Casey. And that was another edition of The Casey Crew. Spread love. Toodles. Toodles.